This week on The Sith List, we break down episode five of The Mandalorian. Too much fan service? Just the right amount? Well, we'll tell you what we thought. Also, we're days away from episode nine. We're all pretty excited. We got some episode nine news. We got that crazy Ghostbusters trailer and that amazing Wonder Woman 84 trailer to talk about. Emails, voicemails. So sit back and let us guide you through a galaxy full of geekdom. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Spoken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 175 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Chai, and my co-pilot for this week before adventure, the young, the restless, the bearded one, Mr. Carlos Borgoyo. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. You're I, looking at me. I totally forgot that I said the Carlos. Yeah. The man who got here on time. Beat ish. traffic ish. <laughs> the man who is in pain, but he's still here because he is the Lou Gehrig of podcasting. No, Mister. <laughs> no. Hopefully, he doesn't miss a podcast no. and be, become the Wally Pip of podcasting. Uh, I don't want to become the Lou Gehrig before or after. <laughs> Mister. Less is a hockey player instead. <laughs> don't miss a shift. How about that, Gonzalez? <laughs> oh, the God. man that everybody calls King Tom. The king of all pods, the man who comes from New Jersey, but resides in Ohio, Mr. Tom Chansky. How you doing, buddy? I, I'm doing all right. I am trying to be the calm of Ohio while ramping up for the excitement of New Jersey Oof. Mm. next week. Mm-hmm. Can you name... A, I like that. What's Ohio's biggest band? The Cars. Oh, yeah, the White, Cars. White okay. Stripes. Okay. No, not White Stripes. Black Keys. Oh, Black yeah. Keys. Oh, yeah. They, well, that's right. They are they're, from Cleveland. They're legit. Yeah. The, the, the White Stripes are from Detroit. Yeah. 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 They are. I the, thought you might say Trent Reznor, but what do I know? I only write the book on all the famous people from Ohio. I should yeah. know these things. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you're on the cover. <laughs> it's just about him. It's just about him. Yeah. <laughs> the man we call El Hombre. The man who takes it out, like just stop, 
My name's Eric Strothers. Yeah, there you go, Eric. Good, good jump in. I, you don't understand in Roger's face when he said what he no, said. No, because I he legit spaced no, out. No, like you know why he spaced uh, out? Uh, uh, I was trying to get the lyrics to take me out. Wait, wake me up before we go go. And I said, by by wham, by wham. And I, I, I said, t- Eric Sugar takes it out. Maybe because of the story that he told us earlier, but we, let, we'll get into that a little later. By wham. Uh, Mr. Eric. <laughs> Doesn't even know what to do with that. Jesus, Lord, sweet Christmas. I'm you sorry. know what, man? I it's do appreciate the effort. I yeah. really do. Thanks, man. dude. It's kind of like, I'll tell you what it's exactly like. It's like whenever my little kid would draw me a picture where it was nothing but scribbles. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so good. That's exactly what this is like when I tell you I appreciate the effort. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) It's going to be one of those episodes. It's going to be one of those episodes. Today, man, my wife and I, we meet at home for lunch, right? And we're watching uh, uh, Living With Yourself, the Paul Rudd show on Netflix, which is really good. We're knee deep into it. I binged that whole thing. Don't tell me. No, I won't. Don't spoil it for me. But uh, so I'm watching that. Anyway, we decide, I don't know how it ends up happening. We're going to, we start fooling around. Going to have a quickie before I have to head on back to work, dude. And she like keeps like grabbing at my pecs. Why? And she's, and I'm like, oh, damn, she must be like way into me right now. And she goes, you got to take off your shirt. And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> dude, it turns out the reason was because I was wearing my Blue Harvest Samurai shirt. And the two faces were right there, like staring at her, and she was covering them up with her hands. So oh, she didn't have no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So she was staring totally at Will serious. and, and Hazi? Yeah. <laughs> While you're, oh my God. She's like, you got to take off your shirt. So it turns out I'm not hot at all. Oh. <laughs> it turns out. I wonder if it was because of this shirt that she wanted to go to Smashdown. Maybe. You never know, man. You never damn know. Oz, that hot damn Haas is sexy. Yeah, he is. It's the beards. Yeah, it it's is. It's the beards. Yeah, it's the beards. Wow, that is a great story. That is. I'm keeping it in there, by the way. <laughs> that's, what, that's what she said. That's oh. Fine. oh. Well done. Well done. And that's why we have the explicit. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. For as much as last week, we were all sick and we we're trying to fight through it. I have a feeling this is going to be a good time episode. <sighs> or it's going to be God awful. We apologize. Right now. How's everybody doing? Mr. Struthers, I will start with you. How is everything going? How is the rehearsals going? The ramping up for the amazing shows you're about to perform? Well, I'll tell you what, man. We had our first weekend of the two weekends of shows just a few days ago, and they went really well. Ticket sales weren't what they've been in the past, but the crowds, especially at our second show, were rowdy as can be. We do two shows back to back, which is fun it makes you super tired but that's like part of the magic of it uh it went really well man and the the band played great i sent you guys a little little clip of that uh all in all dude it's it's been a blast i'm glad that the rehearsal time is over just got a little bit more to go and we're done this coming weekend wow okay fantastic man and you're gonna have some videos to put up and all that stuff like we talked about (sighs) Hopefully, hopefully I will. Some people shot some pretty decent footage from the crowd, but like I haven't haven't found like the one repository where everybody who got the good stuff is at. So I got to really search it out. Okay, cool, Mister Chansky, how are you? I'm I'm doing all right. No complaints. Yeah, 
trying to calm I, down a little bit before. I, I mean, you're like shaking yeah. like you're on uh, your, uh, was it, was the guy we talked about? Biggums? Tyrone Biggums. Tyrone. <laughs> you're, sh- no, you're, I, you're shaking I just, and scratching your neck, dude. What's going on here? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I, I just, I'm trying to calm down. I'm jittery, you know. Getting ready for rise. Getting ready for things. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's understandable. Mr. Uh, Carlos Boo. I'm good. I'm good. You know, the holidays are, you know, it's, it's funny with last week with, uh, King Tom saying, you know, that the holidays are just a blur. That shit hit me. That shit hit me hard where I was like, fuck, they are a blur. Cause it's happened to me where, you know, I'm like, Oh, happy Thanksgiving. And then the, feels like the next day somebody's like, Merry Christmas. We're going to open up gifts. I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Where did time go? So that, that did hit me. And I was like, man, he's right. We got to. We all got to slow down and enjoy it. I know it's super busy or super stressful, but we all got to. And I'm, I'm trying to do that now. I'm trying to, trying to enjoy it, trying to embrace it as much as I can. Cause usually I don't get the opportunity. So I'm trying to. Yeah. It seems like after Halloween now, it happens where it's everything just comes just, full yeah, force. at a, a in, in a flash. We, we hit light speed hard. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, good reference. Thank you. Hmm. Mr. Gonzalez, I know you have a bad situation going on with your physical ineptitude. But, wow. But, wow! What? I yeah. was just saying. Ineptitude. Like, you gotta want, attack him. Like that, that is. That is. That is. I just wanted to use ineptitude. <laughs> you wanted to say ineptitude. Yeah, that's it. It adds nothing personal. Oh man! How you doing? It's all good. I'm okay, man. Let me let me ask this again. Les Gonzalez, <laughs> how the hell are you with your lack of physical ability in your walking? <laughs> is that better? Les Gonzalez is on the pup list, for those of you who don't know. He'll be on the, be on the physically unable to it's perform disabled. for the rest of the podcast It's t- not disabled, tenure. actually. It's uh, injured list now. IL, not DL. I'm good. We're hanging in there. All right. Uh, I'll be ready to go for next week. We all know what's happening, and I will rise. I, too, shall and rise. And what he's talking about is he's running a 5K. Right into the theater to watch Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Somebody, somebody get this man a soda and some popcorn That's now. That's exactly what's happening. I better finish and get... The hot butter splash. Yeah. Oh, God. Where is this going? You want a hot butter splash? For the popcorn, fellas. Just Ugh. relax. Better than so an many... aptitude. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is definitely That's a true. lot better. That is. Oh, Lord. All right. Let's, see, let's get this thing started. Let's get this thing started. Now, we are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. And I know I go out and I talk about every single one and I name all of them. Just go to makingstarwars.net. There's a list of podcasts out there. They're all awesome. It's like a potpourri of different kind of podcasts that you would love. Check them out, especially Around the Galaxy with Pete Fletcher, because guess who was on it? I was on it, and we had a blast. We had a great time. Just check out Pete Fletcher and Around the Galaxy. We had a, a fantastic time, and it's the first time we really talked about being a parent and being a Star Wars fan and what I'm going to kind of like pass on to little Malik, which was really cool. It was, really, it was a really good time, and so check that out. You can check us out at thesithlist.net. You can check out our episodes, check out our merchandise on TeePublic. All the links are all there. You can email us at thesithlist at gmail.com. And you can send us some great reviews if you would like on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that podcasts are being reviewed. So we appreciate that. And, uh, and that's the shenanigans for the week. Let's get into the box office because yet again, another weekend atop the box office for Disney's Frozen 2, which mm-hmm. has now topped $900 million globally, well on its way to becoming the studio's sixth 2019 release to top a billion dollars. And this is before Rise comes out. So they're going to have seven before the end. Well, I don't uh, know. If I was going to say, well, there's not make- enough time for them to hit that globally. Ooh, or is it? 
No. It's the <laughs> well, 19th hold on, of December. Hold on. It took 11 days. Or how many? Wait, no, 14 days for Frozen 2 to almost hit it. Ooh. Are we going to do what we did before? Ooh. We, we but, talked about this, right? Yeah, but, but a lot of other markets don't really like Star Wars that much. A very, very big market. One in one in particular. China? Yeah. And they're very big. There's a lot of money out there. All right, bring us down, bro. It's yep. fine. Frozen 2 made 34.7 million. Knives Out 14.2, which was yet again another great weekend for them. And Ford versus Ferrari sticking in the top three, 6.5. And this comes from boxofficemojo.com that IMDb ruined. So thank you, IMDb, for fucking up that website. And almost impossible to find things out now. Yeah, I mean, if, if, they, if we had the old website, we could tell how long it took uh, Last Jedi or The Force Awakens to hit a billion. Because it wasn't 14 days for either of those movies. Uh, no, at all. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. IMDb. Hmm. Fucking everything up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking everything up. We're going to talk about some Star Wars, obviously. And we had a very polarizing Mando episode. And I haven't really talked to... Mm-hmm. Er- I haven't talked to Eric about it. I've talked to Boo about it. I want to get King Tom's take, and let's let's definitely get into the Star Wars talk. Mr. Strothers, are you ready to dive into this crazy week of Star Wars? I sure am, buddy. I sure am. Well, let's do it. Well, the first thing I want to mention is that, yet again, there's a billion trillion TV spots, TV spots. that have come out and are still coming out. Mm-hmm. So if you do it right, you don't even know you need to go see the movie. You just get the TV spots in the right order, and you've got it. You got, got the it. whole thing. But uh, let's talk the Mandalorian, okay? Let's do it. Me personally, I dug it, but I know that some people weren't too hip to it, and I'm curious to find out what the lot of you think about it. So, Araj, tell me, what did you think about Chapter Five of the Mandalorian? Well, I will just say this. I will say that Dave Filoni gets a pass from me one time. It was to me, it was a love letter to George Lucas, and it was fan service from start to finish. And I don't have a problem with that if you do it once. So I will give them this episode to fan service, not not only this series, but I don't want to see things like this in Kenobi or in Cassian either i mean this hardcore i liked the episode i thought it was fun i didn't like the actor that played that new the noob yeah Yeah. toro calican toro calican yeah i didn't i didn't believe him it felt like it was his first acting job but i liked everything else everything else was cool the little thing at the end everybody thought it was Boba Fett. then i was like okay no this is john carlos esposito's character because we haven't seen him and he wears a cape it's got to be him but then I don't know if you guys have heard the stuff that Jason Ward reported about the spurs and the sound effects and there's specific sound effects that were used for Boba Fett while he walked. And the spur sound was one of them. If you listen to that scene and watch it over again, you, it's the exact same Boba Fett sound effect of him walking. Now, I agreed with Jason. Uh, I talked to him about this. It's, if they pulled that shit and it's not Boba Fett, that's going to be real shitty. Just to screw with us, I don't like any of that. So that, that's where I stand. I didn't mind the episode. I know the internet was an uproar about it. 
I just think that Filoni gets a pass on this one only because the first episode was so goddamn great. He gets a pass. If this was the first episode, we'd have some problems. I'm, I agree. If this, if this was the first episode of the show, honestly, it would have been what I secretly was concerned the show would be. Right. Because it did. Now, let me say this too. I've watched it, th- this episode probably four times. Oh, now, okay. Okay. And I do enjoy it. But there is a great deal of, hey, remember this? Hey, remember this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember this? Mm-hmm. And it, all the way from the shot where they're coming in to Tatooine and it's right out of A New Hope mm-hmm. where you've got, here's the planet, here's this moon over here. And I mean, that's cool and all, but the same cantina, the same booth, the whole bit. It was a bit much uh, there, but, but I do enjoy the episode. Like as I've watched it, I really do dig it. It's definitely my least favorite, like no contest, my yes. least favorite of the five. Agreed. But is there anything in there that's unforgivable? No, no, no. And it, it wasn't terrible at all. I and mean, people are like, it was like dog shit. It wasn't terrible. I, I mean, enjoyed it. And I, I spoke, I was watch. I watched it with Lorena and she doesn't know all the fan service stuff. So I asked for her opinion on it. Did you enjoy this episode? And she goes, it wasn't my favorite one. It was my least favorite one, but I thought it was entertaining. That's a good thing. I hope we don't yeah. lose new fans because of it. When we, it doesn't seem like we are. I mean, even like the high ground thing. We really need yeah. to put the high ground in there. And the, <laughs> and, and I, yeah. you know, I just, it's, I don't know. She's no good to us dead. She's mm-hmm. no good to us dead. Yeah, exactly. Like, we get it. We're Star Wars fans. But again, not losing my mind about it. My feelings are kind of along the lines of your guys where I liked it. It was good. I would, if this were the way the series was going to be in the future, I would have a problem. I want it to try new things. But for what this episode was, I really dug it. I was in a very emotional state of mind when I first saw this Friday morning. So when we first saw that, the shot you guys talked about where the, the razor crest is a landing and then some of the later shots of tattooing that we're familiar with to me, that felt like home mm. and that hit me emotionally. And there were some creative things I liked about it. Like the, the part with the Tuscan Raiders uh, communicating with them where they went up against Fennec and the, the speeder bikes and the flare guns. I, I really liked that, but there was just something that just felt like it wasn't anything that, that we, we hadn't seen before. And the one thing at the end, I, I, I wasn't thinking Boba Fett at first, but I really like it. The one thing I will have a problem with is uh, in the Aftermath trilogy, they made a big deal about a na- uh, Tatooine resident named Cobb Vanth finding Boba Fett's armor yep. and taking it and becoming basically the lawman of this one settlement on Tatooine. So if they have this mystery character be Boba Fett, and not explain how he got the armor back or if, you know, I will have a problem with that. If it's Boba Fett without his armor and he's wearing something else, I'm, I'm good with that. But if they totally erase Cobb Vanth, I, I, I wouldn't like that because then it means these books don't matter. And that was the problem we had with Legends. A question for you, King Tom. What time frame was that? Could it be that actual character? That time frame took place about six months to a year after the the return of the Jedi. So it, w- it would be before the Mandalorian. Okay. If it was that character, I think you'd have a lot of people saying, oh, it should be Boba Fett, and people who didn't read right. the Aftermath books. Right, right, right. Huh, okay. 
I will say one thing before Boo and Les jumps in. Visually, I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I thought the special yeah. effects on the speeder bikes were done very well. And like King Tom said, the flare shots and all that, loved it. Loved it visually. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, no, no, the whole show so far, special effects wise, has been superb. Although the fan service was a ton, it didn't bother me that much. It did remind me of Thor 2 when oh. you get, when you get that barrage of jokes and funniness and, and sequence of, you know, like, oh, that's cool. Except oh. for Thor 2, they didn't have the funniness. Oh, it was funny. Oh, come on. It was garbage. It was funny. It was too much and it was it, shoved it down was our throats, but it was funny. Marvel film. But <laughs> yeah, that is true. But so, <laughs> So it, it didn't bother me that much. It was a ton where every five seconds you could be like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Mm. That didn't bother me too much. I think if Toro Callahan was pretty bitchy name, though. Great would, name. Yeah, but if he that, was as charismatic as his damn name, then it's, maybe exactly. it's a good It's like story. a video game name. Yeah. It's like a Star Wars yeah. video game name. I know. We, when I thought of Callahan, I was like, oh, shit, this is Dirty Harry or something? No, completely It's, it's Callahan. Oh, Callahan. My bad. That, that, yeah. makes, that helps even better. Yeah, so I think if it, if the actor was better or if he had portrayed the character in a different light or something like that, I think we would have hated him less. I I don't hate him, I dislike him. I I think he was the weakest part of the episode. The thing that bugs me is that we still have no progress. I still have no idea why they want Baby Yoda. I don't know where they're going, what they're doing, what's happening. Why or where? I, I understand that they're being hunted down by now. He knows by everybody, and I get that. That is some somewhat progress, but for what? For what reason? Just because he's valuable? I need to know why he's valuable. And we only have what three episodes left. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that bugs me the most. You know, the I, I, but the, I think you should be able to at least chew on a few things before you actually know some more. You know what I mean? Okay. So what I'm saying is, is it's typically it's turned into the typical. Assassin goes to kill, mm-hmm. and then oh no, I got to protect this thing now, and now I'm on the run. So you understand that ultimately the end game, in broad strokes, will be that it's about getting little Yoda somewhere, safe. you know, safe. Yeah, he's already and attempted to do that. Yeah. He's already attempted to do that. He's just about if not, then I have to fight them off. But I understand what you're saying. What you're saying is like the science. The science officer never explained. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do, and. You know, he tried to protect him too. But yeah, I get what you're saying about that. It, it was still good. Here's mm-hmm. the thing for me. I've gone back and I've watched the previous four episodes at least two to three times. And this one I haven't touched since watching it the first time. Oh, that says a lot. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I, I didn't like how they just took Finnick Shan down. This Toro Calican guy didn't even put off of a double crossing type of air, you know? His, his, him trying to be like the noob bounty hunter and then Phoenix Shan trying to, you know, pull the whole, Hey, if you free me, then me and you and I can take down the Mandalorian. And then he just right. like walks up and he's just like, boom, you know, it was like, yeah, the, the thing with him, that was so the, lackluster it was. in a way. Cause it was like, and that's what made him oh, lackluster. There was no, there, there was not, no story behind why he wanted to become that guy. Like yes. if he was, if his parents were sick or he needed the money or, he needed something to get that done where you kind of felt sympathetic for him, but there was, there was no, no there's there was no, no real there, build up because he if he was a, a weasel, he was a no, but if he was a weasel of a bounty hunter, like, you know, a double crossing dude, cause there's those types in any of these types of, uh, stories, there's that trope where there's the, you know, there's the guy that swoops in and scavenges or, or vultures, uh, you know, the kill or vultures, the, the, the bounty. Yeah. You know, like I did all that work and you showed up and snuck off with the right. body yeah, yeah, yeah. and you collected it. 
Now, if he was that and, type and of even, guy, he even said that you're going to just take all my shit, aren't you? Aren't yeah. you? Yeah. But if he was that type of guy, and like Mando's, like, hmm, I know what you are, you know, like can kind of recognize it. Yeah, I don't know that. That kind of just had no meat to it. Who are the Who are the directors for the final three? Is it Famuyiwa, Deborah Chow, and Taika? Taika's going to do the last one. I know that. I think. I think I the think, other two are getting a second episode each. Yes, I think so too. But I mean, they did break some other ground. You know, the the sign language with the Tuscan Raiders that was pretty cool. Getting a little more, uh, you know, seeing the actual interaction that they're just not, you know, random savages that go and just do random things, and you know, they actually have they communicate. They want to be, you know, who they are, have some type of identity. That stuff was kind of cool too. I yeah, that was cool. But again, like I said, for me personally, I've watched the previous episodes at least three times in this one i'm just like whatever well we got three left <laughs> and i think i have pretty big expectations for the next three well you can't have tight tight production all the way through oh well, you could well you could you could but yeah, you, you know gonna be a hiccup somewhere that's all i'm saying is you're gonna hit a pothole somewhere it's not like they're making 25 of these <clears throat> no they're not eight you're of right. them, and they're like 35 40 minutes long so yeah, I, if, if they come out with another one like this I'm, and i'm not saying this is with shit i'm just saying this style and this feel, yeah, they need it's, to. Uh, it's not going to be good. Did Filoni write this one? Yes, and that's the key. A lot of Filo- people have a problem is, with that. This is the first one, I believe. I mean, you guys can correct me that Filoni wrote. Favreau wrote the 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 other ones, correct? Or am I wrong? You know what? I don't know, man. I I, I think I, this is Filoni's first. Yeah, because uh, that was kind of that one. Yeah, yeah. As far as everything else, I don't know. But okay. yeah, but this is Filoni's first. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I said I don't have a problem with it being his love letter to George Lucas because. George Lucas taught him everything he knows. And if he's going to be able to go to Tatooine, then let, let him do what he wants to do. I got no problems with that. Just don't make it a habit. Mm-hmm. The thing for me, man, and, and I know you mentioned specifically the, the CGI effect of the, the speeder bikes. I didn't think it was that good. And the fact that the amount of time that they spent on it, some of the physics of it was a little, a little wonky. Oh, you think so? The, the effect of the ground and the sand kicking up and all that stuff was cool, but yeah, that was it. Very much looked like the bikes were just like stapled on the picture to me. Oh. I mean, it didn't it didn't bother me, but it oh. I, well, it, you, de- you, it it took you, me out of it just a hair. You've but. watched it four times. I've only watched it once. So um, yeah, you uh, you have a better take on it than I do. Yeah. Well, I did notice it on the very first time, but. You know, that's just me being yeah. a butthole, I guess. Oh, we actually got an email from Kyle about The Mandalorian. So let's uh, dive into this. Hey, boys, loving The Mandalorian. I just have one question. Then I'd like to bounce a theory off you guys. Why are the Mandos still in hiding since the Empire has been defeated? Who would even fuck with them? They are not only the ones who were persecuted by the Empire, and everyone else is getting back to their old lives. Well, that's, that's actually interesting. So I have a theory about Baby Yoda's role. What if there's someone out there who wants the powers of the Force so bad that they think if they inject themselves with Baby Yoda's blood or perhaps a full blood transfusion, it will give them this power, even if it's just temporarily? It makes me think that maybe this is something that someone like a Snoke would do, giving himself a constant blood transfusion or injection so that he can make it look like he's strong with the Force, but in reality, it's just a farce. Maybe he's got an injection of blood <laughs> metachlorians just before Ray showed up in his chamber in The Last Jedi, and that's what he was able to use a force for that sort of amount of time control 
with her or lifesaver, but wasn't able to really foresee Kylo's betrayal. I like that idea better than any cloning or anything to do with Palpatine. Love you guys, Kyle. Well, thank you, Kyle. That's a lot to ingest there. I, I just don't think that they would do all of that and go into that much detail um, with and having to explain to people that a movie that came out two years ago is so tied in with a show that is just coming out now. So that's my take. I don't know what you guys think, Eric and King Tom and you guys. I think it's a creative idea, but I don't know that it's a Star Wars idea. It sounds like, uh, Les, wasn't there an X-Men storyline where there was a mutant drug that they could take to boost their powers for a short period of time? Um, I think there was. Uh, I do know that there's also, if you think about it, uh, that their villain group, the right, and those Mm -hmm. are the ones who would like kill mutants and then transfuse their blood or take their body parts or whatever and put them in them to try to get gain their mutant powers. I remember that. Right. That's kind of, that's kind of a storyline they're doing right now too. It like, I I see it as a, I don't know if I see it as a star Wars thing. It's an, it's an interesting way of looking at it. I like it that way, but I don't know if, but wouldn't, wouldn't that make it to where that would be something they would do all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Like not just for, to any force user, like, why wouldn't Kiadi get kidnapped and then all of a sudden be hooked up to a machine where they just take his blood and you know what I'm saying? Like that opens up a whole. It's a creative idea. Why wouldn't have Palpatine done it? Yeah, oh, but it opens yeah, up 66. a ton of worms. You know, a, a major, major thing where you know instead of you know telling Anakin don't kill the younglings, we need we could use them. You know, mm-hmm. and have them like human batteries or whatever, or just a that'd be dark as fuck. Like some legit, it would yeah. Be. You know, and all of a sudden those kids are all hooked up still. That'd you be know, Sith as shit. And he's Jesus. been just that would be Sith as shit. Dude. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's a good idea or concept to possibly throw out there. But oh yeah, it's it's uh crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is. Is there anything else about the episode? What do you think is going to happen next? In my opinion, let me just throw this out there. You're sort of establishing the the point that the Mandalorian he just he doesn't know what he's going to do. Mm. I've got this kid. What what am what the hell am I going to do? I need money. I need something. I need to to do this. And you know, we start off the episode where he's being pursued by a guy who gets the the Top Gun treatment from him. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, they're chasing after him because of the baby and because of the bounty on him now. How's he going to cope with that? How is he? Is that going to be the central storyline? I feel like it almost has to be. It has to be. Yeah, totally has to be. And then obviously we need to see who this new crime boss is or or this empire, ex-empire warlord, mm-hmm. right? John Carlos Esposito's character. and where that's going to go and how powerful he is with the badass death troopers. Can't wait to see those death troopers. Me too. And we don't even know if the story is going to be wrapped up this season or if they're going to, or if they were hoping to build it up to whatever next season is. Right. We don't know. You know, this is the first ever star Wars TV show. So we don't know what type of style they're going with. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. Do you guys want a big cliffhanger or would the cliffhanger be, the reveal of who saves him as a kid. I, th- I want a cliffhanger. I, I want that lo- watching Lost feeling. I don't want a cliffhanger. Oh, I don't. You don't want a cliffhanger. I, I a, a want big a big fan s- of Lost that you were. 
Well, the thing is, Lost, they had a story they were tr- they were planning on telling, and w- they knew at the end of each season they were getting another season. We didn't find out about The Mandalorian second season until a few months ago. Hmm. You know, by then the first season had al- had already been written. So I, I just want them to have an idea for the story they want to tell with this series. I don't want something that they're going to make just keep making just to make it. Got it. Well, the good thing about it is they're already in production of season two before season one even came out. That's a good sign, right? Right. But who knows how much they changed after the <laughs> fact. Don't kill baby. Right. Don't kill fucking baby. I know, yeah. right? Scrap, scrap <laughs> all of that. He's got to live. Yeah, he's got to live. He's got to yeah. live. <laughs> Reshoot. So let me just, just a real quick thing then. What do you think is going to end up being the the final disposition of what happens with Baby Yoda at the end of this? What do you think? I think Baby Yoda is obviously going to stick with the Mandalorian. And I don't think that's going to be the big thing that happens. Oh, yay. Baby Yoda is alive. We all know he's going to be alive. I think it's either the reveal of Boba Fett or it's going to be the reveal of who saved him. And he's just going to be put in a different predicament where he has to take off somewhere. And he'll say something like coordinates. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to see him go to, uh, you know, Coruscant or something. And we can get really down and dirty in the underworld of Coruscant. Something like that. But I think the big reveal is like, oh my God moment is either seeing who saves him or holy shit, that is Boba Fett's outfit. And would it be him squaring off against Boba Fett? Yeah, I, who knows? But would, would that the, be the, the canonical thing. end of Boba Fett if Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian defeats him? It depends. To, to, to it depends. If what Yoda. King Tom said earlier, the canonical end would have already happened, and this guy picked up his. You know, he'll be the man with no face, mm. like that kind of mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Okay. The man behind the mask, you'll never know. Uh, so who knows? Who knows? And they'll have a if they do that, they'll have a full off season to explain to people. Why this guy is in Boba Fett's outfit? Here's the deal with that, though. I just got to say, they're really hitting you over the head, wanting you to think this is Boba Fett. Yes. Mm-hmm. If it's some, <laughs> no offense with the aftermath books, because I oh. really did enjoy them, but nobody gives a crap about this guy in the in the book. Nobody. Armor, it's either right? Boba Fett or bust. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Don't dick with me. If you're exactly. you're wanting us to think it's Boba Fett, it needs to be Boba Fett. Yeah. If you don't want us, if it's not going to be Boba Fett, don't even don't even toy with us. Right. Because uh, you know, with Esposito's character, it we we've already know he's in there. There's no need to hide his face for the thing. So if it's not Boba Fett, then screw you for trying to make us think it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying from the beginning. Is if you're messing with us about this. That'd be a really shitty thing to do. And the expectations would be be such a letdown for us that it'll be hard to, you know, to think of whoever it is, like accept it. But but I did like the episode. Yeah. I gave it a I solid seven and a half on the motivators, but but yeah. yeah, with only three to go. Now now I know this isn't something that we talk about on the show, but Star Wars Resistance. We've had conversations like this with that show. This is its final season. Yeah. And they've had a couple of episodes in a row that are just like, what, what are you doing? This is it. You're, you're done after this. Why are you putting out these episodes that are just 20 minutes of nothing? Yes. It's, it's just such an odd choice. And, you know, and in a series like this where you've got eight episodes to do your deal, 
Mm-hmm. And, there, and there seems like there's so much story to tell that you don't need to waste your time Correct. not telling it. Correct. Correct. I think Boo but was telling any, me that we, ha- we didn't move, really move the storyline forward with this last episode of Mando, at least. No. I, right. It, here's the deal. This whole episode existed to show you the end. That's the whole reason for it is to it's it's to hold up the whole show so that you could have that ending part and unless that just is absolutely going to be meaningless at the end that would be really shitty it would be quite annoying i'm yeah i'm i'm going to agree with you there okay we got an email from ian about mandalorian as well let's uh let's do this good evening sith list just a heads up longer than usual email Hope your week went well and that your fall break was enjoyable. Before I break down Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian, I quickly wanted to mention a cool Star Wars holiday story. As we approached the 40th anniversary of Empire, I wasn't sure if we would get another Hasbro slash Kenner reissue. So I went on Amazon and I ordered some figures I was missing from the release a couple years ago. My Darth Vader came today in the mail. Get home from work and open my box like a kid on their birthday. I live with my parents and they had me sit at the table. They gave me a pre-Xmas gift. I open it up and you'll never believe it in my Brad Pitt voice. What's in the bag? <laughs> What's in the bag? It's a special Darth Vader mug. The odds of that are, I think, 3,720 to one. Okay. Well, well played. So chapter six, chapter five. I'm currently rewatching it now. It's not in my top three. However, there definitely are some positives. Plus some small moments that add to its uniqueness. First, the opening space battle. It's a little shorter than I would have liked, but the end move was pretty sick. Next, we finally arrive on Tatooine, and it's about damn time. Third, it's really cool to see the DUM series. Or is that dumb? Am I wrong? (laughs) Those are the droids, if I'm not mistaken. My favorite moment with them was when Mando comes back from the cantina, and he asks where the the baby is, and one of them folds automatically. (laughs) Next, we see Mando helping a noob. I loved Return of the Jedi speeder bikes and thought it was really cool to see people actually interacting with Tusken Raiders. Finally, that end, though. Some cons for me as I watched. I thought that Jake Cannavale did a decent job acting. However, I didn't buy his betrayal at the end of the episode. This is essentially someone who's probably aged 19 to 22, has literally little to no experience, and he decides at the whim of a suggestion of his captive to betray his partner, and then kills the captive? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, but in the span of a 30-minute episode, it seemed just a tad over my suspension of disbelief. Hmm. Let me know what you think, and as always, may the Force be with you. Well, thank you, Ian. Great email. And great that you got an early Christmas present. Yes. Very cool one. That's cool. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we kind of touched upon some of this stuff. Yeah, I thought fan service stuff was, was kind of cool. The, the thing with Jake Cannavale, who is the son of... Uh, Bobby. Giprizetti in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, Giprizetti and the guy from Vinyl and yes. the guy from Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man, Ant-Man. from Ant-Man. Yeah. Uh, the stepfather. Uh, great actor, by the way. Wish he would have uh, actually been the guy instead of his son. But mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't buy his acting. And that's probably why you didn't buy the betrayal because it probably wasn't acted well. <laughs> for you. Yeah, no. And I said that earlier. Yeah, that, that is just out of all the things, this new guy, instead of, I mean, I get it. The Mando's got a major bounty on his head, you know, for, for breaking the guild rules and all that stuff. But breaking the law, do a little bit more like you gain a little bit more trust before you just go and decide. Now I'm going to double cross this guy. I'm glad he died. Just just take a little bit. Good job, Mando. 
Way to blow them away. <laughs> oh, and now we have an email from Joel. And I think, uh, I think we got some little cross, uh, bad motivator Sithless shenanigans here. Hey guys, I'm a fairly new listener and freaking love your show. So thank you for all your hard work, especially all the sound clips and post edit. Well, thanks, Joel. Thanks for being a new listener. And uh, thanks for that, man. I appreciate that. I have two things on my mind regarding the Mandalorian show. First, the closing credit. Art is epic? Okay. First, the closing credit art is epic. I want prints of posters of each piece. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're the great. They're, they're, it's a really good touch to the show. Any word or whether or not any of that art will be available for download or purchase, I guarantee you that art will be available for purchase somewhere, buddy. To be honest, I think because of how close to the chest they kept, the, they kept this show on everything... I think everybody's just clamoring for shit mm-hmm. and they have, they knew that they didn't know how big of a hit it was going to be. They knew it was going to be big. So I think they are just like, well, we won't have anything till May or March or anything like that. So I think everybody's sadly got to chill. I don't think there's going to be anything available for it's, a few yeah, it's months. Crazy. I know. So that's, that's the cost of, yay, it's all hidden, but fuck, it is literally all still hidden kind of thing. <laughs> right. It sucks. Yeah. Second, after rewatching chapter one, I noticed so many Mandalorians hanging about. As Mando heads down the stairs on his way to this, the smith, you see children in helmets and even Boba Fett-style helmets with antennas. And even in closing credit art, there's a panel of two Mandalorians sitting at a table strategizing. I didn't notice any of the Mandalorian-looking individuals during my first watch. So when I saw them appear in chapter three, I lost my mind like everybody else. But they were lurking in the shadows in chapter one. Did you guys catch this in chapter one? Uh, yeah, you guys caught those Mandos everywhere, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely caught it. Star Wars is metal. Shout out to the Bad Motivators crew. Nice. I really enjoy listening and learning. Again, much thanks. Joel, P.S. I live in Texas. There's a store in Fort Worth called the Holocron, 100% licensed Star Wars only toy store. Holy fuck. Lost my shit when I walked in. I can't believe there's that many toys in one place. I'm loving Power of the Force pieces and all the vintage stuff I never had as a kid. Just a fun little side note. That is badass. That's I mean, an awesome store. I don't think I've ever been to a store that's 100% Star Wars toys. Or right? just like 100% one one toy. That's nuts. Holy shit. That's really cool, man. And thank you for being a new listener, and thank you for listening to the Bad Motivators. They're pretty rad. And, yeah, man, uh, thanks. And keep them coming, man. Keep these emails coming. Um, we'd uh, love to hear from you. Yeah, we definitely. I, I remember uh, seeing the Mandalorians, and the first thing I noticed was those kids. I was like, "Whoa, <clears throat> there's a uh, little Mando kids. How cool is that?" And they never take their helmets off. That's crazy. I was like, "That's and, who, when and I saw that." I was like, "That's that legit. means they're foundlings, correct?" Yes. Well, oh, not well, necessarily. No, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. Because the they could have been born to the. They the could have been born to some of the Mandalorians. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do or, they do they take their helmets off when they have sex though? I mean, I wouldn't. Would you? Yeah. No. No, I would wear a, a blue harvest shirt though. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah, you would. <laughs> uh, real quick, man, Rise of Skywalker comes out next week, and uh, Lucasfilm actually <laughs> issued a uh, a warning for oh yeah, uh, what the flashing lights, whatever they refer to that as. But I mean, it, you know, because it's a potential to trigger seizures, but they. Issue a warning about it. So there's going to be a, a handful of sequences that have intense flashing light 
a friend of mine died. Oh, an epileptic seizure. So. Uh, is that is that Eric? Because he uh, with the tongue thing, he choked on his tongue. Because I heard that's no. the first thing that you have to do is not let him have his yeah. tongue in his mouth or something. Well, he was by himself and fell like face first oh. into the couch and just smothered because he couldn't. Oh, that's God. awful. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, thing. yeah. I had a cousin yeah. that still has she still has seizures. So. Awful, awful, awful. Well, well, uh, crazy warning. I, I would imagine there's a lot of uh, strobe light sequences, and maybe there's just a lot of light speed. I, I don't, I don't know. This is the first movie that they've actually have done this, correct? I don't remember them doing this for I, any other films. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't recall. I don't recall them doing it before now. Um, I wonder if it's just like lots of force lightning. They, they actually are a partnership with the Epilepsy Foundation, and, and this is what they, they said. They said, ask a friend to watch the movie first. Take your friend with you when you go see the film to alert you which scenes contain a flashing light so you block your eyes during the scenes. Actually, that's really smart. Teach your friends three simple steps of seizures. First aid, stay safe, side, so that they can assist you if they have a seizure. Really nice of them to do that, actually, to give that warning out. That is actually very nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a special friend who gets to go twice. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Hey, buddy, you know what? I'll bite the bullet for you. I'll (laughs) go first. And then I'll bring you in. How about that? Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm here for you. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I I need double the popcorn now. Yeah. With hot butter. Ugh. Oh, yeah, with a splash of hot <laughs> butter. That's right. <laughs> you and being butter blasted. <laughs> I'm just real sad now. <laughs> but anyhow, but anyhow, there you go, man. Star Wars. Dun, da, da. There are people who are talking about how Palpatine's voice is different uh, compared to the same line delivered in a previous TV spot as to a more, more recent one. And could it be someone else? Blah, blah, blah. Me personally. And mind you, I deal with um, manipulated audio quite a bit. Just on casual listen. It sounds to me like it's the same audio sample, just slowed down. So that I'm slowed down so that not only the the length of the thing changes, but the pitch. Mm. That's what it sounds like to me. But I could be wrong. It could be it could be someone else. That is interesting. I I think you're right though. I think it's probably just them messing with the pitch. They did the same thing with the three PO voice in the Asian trailer. That oh, sounded different than it oh. did in the main trailer. So I I totally see what Eric is saying. Yeah. Well, it's ramping up, man. I mean, it's it's coming down to it. We'll have one more episode before we watch it, I think the night before. And that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. How excited we're going to be and seeing King Tom freak out on on uh, Skype. Oh, yeah. It can't It'll be wait, fun. There's going to be some... Uh, the land will be tense, dude. There's going to be definitely an energy and a vibe. <laughs> it's going to be... Well, fun. what will actually happen is I'll have a screener of it and we'll watch it together you on know. the show. That would be the greatest episode of the syphilis. <laughs> it really would. That might by far. And we'd release it that night. Be like, hey guys, just it. hang out with us. We're gonna do syphilis commentary. <laughs> uh, we got the movie. And uh, we're, we're, we're about to watch it. Here it is. That'll be rad. Well, thanks, Mr. Struthers, for guiding us through that Mando and some stuff about Rise. I know there's not much because we're kinda holding tight and we're trying to stay away from all kinds of stuff, but if you want any other Star Wars stuff, man, you're just going to have to wait until after next week. Rise of Resistance is open. 
in is it open in Florida but not yes yes yeah not in Anaheim, in Anaheim no yeah. yes and the the lines are ridiculous Corey Van Dyke was there today I saw some pictures he yeah. posted and it was like out of hand at super early in the morning it's it's crazy and I was at Galaxy's Edge today and I was walking around going yeah right nobody comes here it was absolutely jam packed there's a massive humanity walking around. The lines for Falcon were so big, I didn't go. So Not even single rider? Not even single rider. Wow. Yeah. They couldn't tell you what single rider was. They, they wouldn't tell you. So they're doing just fine. The holiday season has brought people, and people oh, are getting yeah. excited about Rise of Skywalker. You can tell. And Kylo Ren was walking around. It was fantastic. And people were just following him everywhere. It was pretty cool. He was turning around and going, stop it. <laughs> just go, stop it. <laughs> As he's crop dusting people. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> that would have stopped there. <laughs> That'd be my plan. You guys want to follow me? Yeah, okay. come here. <laughs> I, I had a burrito for lunch, uh, uh, bean and cheese. Jesus, <laughs> Lord. Carlos. <laughs> There's other stuff that's going on. And by the way, people, by this episode, Kessel Toy Run still be active. So please... If you have some stuff and you haven't shipped it yet, please ship it and it's going to be for a great cause. And you've heard my PSA and my NPR voice too many times, so I won't add it to this one. But go to makestarwars.net for more information. Go to thesiththis.net for more information. At Kessel Toy Run on Twitter and donate for a great charity. Um, these kids will are very they, these kids get very excited when they open up these gifts and when they're handed these gifts by Star Wars characters. There's nothing like it. So. Please do that. Now, there's a couple of big trailers came out, and I want to dive into this. Uh, the first one would be under our remakes, rehash, reboots, and that's the Ghostbusters. And this one surprised me, like really surprised me. I did not think that this trailer was going to look anything like this or the tone of this film was going to be anything like this. So has everybody seen this trailer? I have. Eric? Yeah. No. Great. Okay. I just wanted to make sure one person didn't see it, and I'm glad Eric didn't see it. So I want to get his take. So before we talk about our takes, let's watch. Who are you going to call? Nice El Camino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Spanish for El Camino. My mom won't say it, but we're completely broke. And the only thing that's left in our name is this creepy old farmhouse our grandfather left us in the middle of nowhere. Ooh, who's the grandfather? Entertainment value? <laughs> He is not aging well, this kid. No, yeah. What is that? I don't know. That shit hit him. He'll get a personal trainer at some point and beef up. Hey, there's no way you could personally train that face. What? That is a human being, man. Yeah, he'll be fine. (laughs) It's shaking on a daily basis. I like that Paul Rudd is taking out, is his part of this. Yeah. There was a stack of books, a bunch of books stacked up. Like the original. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good call. I found this in my living room. Whoa, killer replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? Uh, okay. There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s? It's like The Walking Dead. Nice reference there, Paul. It's just my mom. So did he get the whole farm or the whole firehouse out there? Uh, it looks like it. Yeah. Wait a minute. 
Who are you? Sh Evo Shandor was the guy who built the building. And his name was on that line or whatever. Was it? Yeah, from the first one. Great callback so far. I believe that everything happens for a reason. Come on, darling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was Slimer. That was Slimer. <laughs> okay, that looks really good. Right? It looks great. I mean, it, it was not. I was not expecting to see that at all. It looks like it's Stranger Thing meets a Steven Spielberg film. He's like Super Eight. Really stoked about this, and I like the callbacks, and mm -hmm. I love the fact that when it's. Do we, we, do we know who the grandfather is? I think Not, it's supposed to be Spengler. Is it Spengler? Okay. Egon? Yeah, Egon. Egon. Yeah. I was, just, I was trying be, to remember all their names. Yeah, that'd be my my expectation. Very cool. Very cool. But, and we know that all of them are coming back, including Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. so one of them has passed away, so that would make sense. I started watching the original with my daughter last week and she really enjoyed it. So I think we're going to watch the other two. And I like, I like two, I like three. So I'm looking forward to this. Did you watch the other one with the female version or no? No, not yet. Yeah. It's yeah, we, good. I, heard I it's liked good. it. Yeah. I, heard it's I don't good. know why people crapped on it so much. Was it the best movie ever? Absolutely women. not. Women. Hey, Eric, don't you know <laughs> that women can't be leads in films? I mean, come on. That's just how it is. Huh, I guess I must Science. have missed that memo. It must have been it, another movie that made me laugh my ass off. Right. Here's, 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 the, here's the thing that gets me. Here's the thing that gets me right here. I spend my whole life chasing women, right? That's, that's what straight dudes do, right? Mm -hmm. Chase women. And then you're like, hey, you want, here's some women. Oh, no. No, sir. No, you don't. No, no, no. I, I, I don't. Uh, how did that happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't get I don't it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, sir. I wish I knew the answer to that, but I, I'm ready to see this really <laughs> like am. tomorrow. Like I'm ready to see this. Yeah. Uh, again, I've said this before. I like the idea of of kid heroes. Mm -hmm. You know, of them taking on something, discovering something. Obviously, Paul Rudd's character is a fanboy. He's like a totally. legit fanboy who's like, dude, mm -hmm. the Ghostbusters were the best. And oh my God, it's all here. And I totally like he's going to be the curator of all that stuff. He knows how to use everything. Great choice. He's, yeah. And he's going to be the one walking them through it. And yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I dig it too. It looks great. What is it? I would like to see a little bit more special effects. I think that'll. I think they're hiding the ghosts right now. Yeah, no, no, but I, I that's what I mean. I gotta see how they're gonna do it. See if it if it still fits. But overall, it looks great. And the callbacks are awesome. One of my favorite ones is towards the end where they're trying to get uh catch. I guess uh Slimer. That was Slimer. The reckless abandonment. That's yeah. something that I loved about Ghostbusters and the cartoon. Yes. You remember the cartoon? Oh yeah. yeah. There was guaranteed destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Was it mad, mutually assured uh, destruction? Yep. Love that. Where it's going true. around town. <laughs> yes, just fucking up shit. That's one thing that always 
what always made me laugh about Ghostbusters is that we got it. Half city is gone, but we got it. So yeah, yeah. That, I'm glad. I, that I have a, that a, a a thought. I'm wondering if all the ghosts break out, and does that mean like we're gonna get Vigo jumping out too? Oh, Vigo and like Vigo. kicking some ass. Vigo, yeah, that'd be a little bit much for these kids in Paul yeah, Rudd to handle, I, I man. Think so I, I don't know, dude. Vigo Mortensen, yeah. That's crazy. Oh, you. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I forgot. I was gonna I had something in my mind, and then I said a cheap joke, and I forgot it. All right. Yeah, you said Vigo Morton. I know, but there's something. That was it, dude. Something it, took all, it took all your energy away, dude. It's my ineptitude. Yes. Ah. Yes. Well, I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed that trailer, and I cannot wait to go see it. So there's that. <laughs> now, there's another trailer going into our comic book movie TV news, and this is, I thought, a fantastic trailer. Let's give it a go. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times, yeah. Speaking oh. of chick Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. 1984. This is great because she looks like she just came out of Scarface. Mm-hmm. Like that's Michelle Pfeiffer's outfit. Welcome to the future. That's Pedro Pascal, huh? Yep. Well, why shouldn't it be? God, the Mandalorian's killing it right now. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today. But you can save Ah, oh, the Casio watch. Stay. They need to explain that. Yep. <laughs> I think I have an explanation. I take what I want in return. Everyone will see. So cool, man. With the music, with the choreography. Oh, oh, hey, look. A slow-mo shot in a yeah. Wonder Woman movie. Run really fast. No, Chris Pine's eyes aren't CGI. That's his real eyes. Nothing good is born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. She's riding lightning. She is riding lightning. Oh, oh, there we go. Lord have mercy. Mmm, son of a bitch. <sighs> it's all art. It's, uh, that's just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> June 5th, 2020. Mm. I am very stoked on this. I know that the 80s is a big thing and everybody's like on that bandwagon, but Patty Jenkins said the reason why they picked the 80s is because she believed that that's when Wonder Woman was most, mm-hmm. you know, most popular relevant in pop culture was the 80s, late 70s and 80s. So I'm down with that completely. But wait a minute. Are we going to watch the Scooby-Doo trailer? There's a Scooby-Doo trailer? Yeah. There was, it was right there in the, uh, Scoob? in the ads. Scoob, yeah. Uh, I mean, we could. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I have a, 
We can do trailer trash. Bro. I have a theory oh. on what uh, Pedro Pascal's doing. His character Max Lord is doing shaving his mustache and looking weird. No, he does look good, but he's him fun. without a mustache. He's not used to it. Ooh. I think he's manipulating Diane, uh, Wonder Woman, to think Steve's alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think it's he's Steve's Ooh. fake? Yeah. How dare you? No, I think he's manipulating her to think Steve is alive, and she because that may be one of her desires, and he's definitely one of the. Over time, they've made him more of a powerful telepath, I guess, mind manipulator. Okay. And she finally snaps out of it. Oh, that sucks. That is, is a cool way to have Chris Pine back in the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. One thing mm-hmm. I am happy about is that it looks like a... Well, although the the cinematography and everything and, and the set pieces were very cool, they were very dark. I, I know what they're trying to go for, that she is the light and all this darkness, but I think it was a bit too drab a bit too mm. dull i kind of like how we've you know boosted up the color oh, 100 that was the only like thing that, that i didn't like about wonder yeah. woman was how dark it was I, I i get what they were doing i think they just did it a bit too much too there's, much there's Especially way, the end fight scene yeah there's way to have darkness and 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 you know grittiness and just kind of like oh all hope is lost with color i get that I just did it did it too much yeah so I, I, I like that this is a bit brighter looks like there's more you know there's sunlight actually Here's a quote from Patty Jenkins from Comic-Con Brazil, which happened last week and all this stuff is coming out of. Why 1984? We wanted to bring Diana into the modern world, but the 80s is a period that Wonder Woman is quite synonymous with. So it was great to see her there. But most importantly, it's sort of the height of Western civilization and the success of the world that we all live in the aftermath of now. I was curious to collide our Wonder Woman into the height of our current modern belief system and what kind of villains come out of that and see what happens. So it all came quite naturally. Patty Jenkins from Comic-Con Brazil. I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. And for all you people that didn't like Ghostbusters because there was females there, you were probably the same people that loved Wonder Woman. And yeah, that one made a billion damn dollars. So get your shit together. Yeah. In the scene where the the it's it's right around like a minute 30 where the girl in the black dress with the blonde hair comes up the stairs. Is that Kristen Wiig? Yes. Where everybody turns to look at her. She plays mm-hmm. she plays Cheetah. Damn. Yeah. She looks good, man. She does. She does. And you know, Gail Gadot, you just can't Oh man. I mean, I don't know. She's very beautiful. She's I, very, I, I, very, very beautiful. I'm I'm really anxious to see and curious to see what they do with Cheetah, because she's supposed to be on a fighting level with Wonder Woman. And they're supposed to be enemies, correct? Yes. So I'm curious to see that because if there's anyone that approaches her is at least sheer fighting ability, it's the cheetah. And she eats human flesh, correct? Cursed to crave human flesh, yeah. Interesting. She's as fast as her namesake and even more ruthless. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we will explore the comic book origins of the cheetah. Every superhero needs a good villain, and the deadly cheetah is one of Wonder Woman's most iconic. There have actually been several individuals who have taken on the name of the cheetah throughout the years. Some have worn a costume, others have taken on a real animalistic form. But in all cases, they have been a deadly and ferocious hunter with a taste for Wonder Woman's blood. Surrender now, Cheetah, and spare yourself another humiliating defeat. But Wonder Woman, darling, what fun would that be? The first Cheetah was a socialite named Priscilla Rich. She became jealous when Wonder Woman stole the spotlight from her at a charity event. When Wonder Woman performed a dangerous stunt, Priscilla tied up the unwitting Wonder Woman with her own magic lasso, hoping to sabotage the stunt and kill the heroine in the process. Needless to say, Priscilla failed. Later, alone in her apartment, Priscilla raged out. Looking in the mirror, she saw her reflection dressed in a cheetah costume. 
The reflection talked to her, telling her to take her own cheetah rug, make it into a costume, and become a villain intent on wiping out the Amazonian princess. Priscilla, apparently the victim of a split personality, did as she was told, and the cheetah was born. I don't know if we're going to get that route. Ooh, yeah, that's not going to go that route. That's a bit much. <laughs> be a hell of a scene. It would be. Pretty cool stuff coming out of Brazil Comic Con. Another news, Eternals show first footage at Brazil Comic Con. There were some reactions to those actual scenes that people got to see. Here's some comments from Marvel fans that went on Twitter. Costumes look great. Scene showed a lot of diversity, different parts of the world, different cultures gathering around a ceremonial fire. Jolie looks imperial. And another person put, looks completely different than any other MCU film they've made. King Jack Kirby fans will freak. I'm excited to see what it looks like because I couldn't tell you what the Eternals are about. And I don't know many people who could. So right. wanting to see what they're going to be bringing to the screen plus how it's different than what we've gotten is is definitely interesting. And yeah, I, I'm, I will be there for Black Widow opening night, but it's... Mm -hmm. Things like the Eternals that excites me about the future of the MCU. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, we didn't know much about Guardians of the Galaxy. And well, no, and then those people who did, we got a completely different team. You know what I mean? Like, they're, you got mm -hmm. different parts and bits and pieces of all the Guardians of the Galaxy that, you know. You, we, how dare you show us up just because you knew who they were? No, I'm just saying, like, people were able to point that out and even find out later. So, yeah, it's just a, always getting a breath of fresh air. And just them keeping up and utilizing all, just going way deep into the well and pulling out stuff. So I'm really excited to see this too. Yeah, and, and being at D23 and seeing them all on stage together, they look pretty badass. So cannot wait for this. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that wraps up this episode. I know it's a, a short one, but you know, there's not a lot of stuff going on. We are going to wrap this up. And then next week, we're going to obviously have our week before Rise of Skywalker. And we're also going to talk about Mando Episode 6 and other crazy news that has come out in the world of geekdom. Everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. Mr. Eric Struthers, where can people find you? Check out my other podcast, The Bad Motivators, and follow me on Twitter at Eric Struthers. And look for his awesome-ass videos of him rocking out with his beautiful blonde hair. Ass videos? Well, those two, that those well. two, that's in the black web or dark web, whatever they call it, shadow webs. The brown web. The brown, brown web. Brown web or, or my skin olive web. Oh. Uh, what? I'm olive. It wasn't a skin color joke. It was a butt joke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you should have said I something like the Starfish yeah, Network no, I, or something. I, I got you know? it, Struthers, yeah. Jeez. Good Thank one, Struthers. Oh, Roger. Jokes are always funnier when you have to explain. My ineptitude is my goddamn ineptitude. is just in follows him everywhere. <laughs> I, just, I can't shake it. I can't shake him. Oh, goodness. King of all pods. Man who has a full amount of ineptitude. <laughs> that didn't work either. Mr. <sighs> King Tom Chansky, where can people find you? Hiding Araj's thesaurus. <laughs> Shift. <laughs> Shift F7 on Microsoft Word. <laughs> uh, Tom Chansky on Twitter, and I do Patreon shows for Steel Wars, The Bad Motivators, and Blue Harvest. And everyone else. And soon, everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> he takes all the money, though. Mr. Carlos Borgueo, <laughs> where um, can people <laughs> find you? You can find me on Twitter, at the Sith List, boo. Mr. Les Gonzalez, where can people find you? You can find me on the Physically Unable to Perform list at any of your podcast rosters. 
And that is the public. And on all dating sites. <laughs> and on oh, all. Wow. As I train for a 5K, apparently. Running hot, into the with hot, the hot butter, butter. With the hot, hot butter splash. The butter blast. Yeah. <laughs> no, but on this podcast here called The Sith List and on Twitter, uh, less is more 78. And you can find me at The Sith List on Twitter and check us out, like I said, on all the other different landscapes of the internet. And thank you again for listening to episode 175. We'll see you next week on episode number 176 of The Sith List. Why do you build me up, build me up, Butter splash. <laughs>